Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I am your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter and founder of The Copyworks. In this podcast, I interview marketing and copywriting experts on all facets of, well, marketing and copy, with an emphasis on the link between the two, with a focus on creating higher conversions in your B2B business. I also include recordings from the other side of the table where I'm interviewed by the host of other podcasts and short clips of tips from yours truly on copywriting. In short, you'll find something for everyone in the marketing and copywriting B2B world. Let's dig in. So my guest today is Chris Bogue of Chris Bogue Communications, LLC. Chris specializes in mercifully short video content that drives revenue. He's an entrepreneur, a coach, and a sketch comedian from Chicago. In today's episode, I asked Chris how he writes consistently on multiple platforms every day. And I asked him how he learned to write sketch comedy at Second City and also what roles LinkedIn and TikTok play in his business. So let's jump right in. Awesome. So Chris Bogue, I'm so excited to have you on today because we just recently met on LinkedIn after I was watching all of your videos. And one thing I know for sure is whenever I click on one of your videos, I'll be laughing. Whatever it is, if it's you acting as your boss, yelling at yourself, or your your friend calling you names, it's always like entertainment value that you don't expect from LinkedIn. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So one of the things that surprised me, I just wanted to start with this, is that you told me you're an introvert, which is exactly the opposite. You would never think that. So can you talk about why, like how you do what you do as an introvert? Lots of thoughts on that. So I always thought of introvert, extrovert as a question of where does your energy come from? There are introverts who are public speaking, for example, or even good at socializing. But it's all about like, where do you need to go to get energy? I'm an, I'm an introvert, but I'm a person who always feels like I have to be on. You know, if I'm around, if somebody's over, I have to be, I have to bring them drinks and I have to give them food and I have to make sure that like they are being taken care of. Being able to be by myself is really how I'm able to focus, really how I'm able to like get work done, how I'm able to like find my creative energy. And yeah, if you're an introvert, you can do the video thing very successfully because it's it's different than being in a room with people, you know, where you've got to like feed the room like you're it's just you giving your attention to the camera. And I was always a writer ever since I was a little kid. I was always writing. I've always got a million books around. I wrote a lot of sketch shows, you know, throughout my adulthood. And yeah, if you're a writer, that makes video easier. I always say, you know, video, it's about the words. First and foremost, if your words are powerful, that will translate. And it's, it's an introvert because I don't need to be in a room for two hours, sitting there making small talk afterwards. I can give my attention to the camera for a good two minutes and then I can just relax, you know, and I can not have to be on, not have to be around people smiling and making small talk. You know, I, I would just say that most introverts put themselves in a little box and they're like, here's my creative self that exists outside of work. And, you know, my whole message is that like, we actually need to be more creative to survive in business now. 
And you're only going to get that work done if you make time for it. Right. And as an introvert, as you know, that means sometimes just shutting the world off, shutting off your own inner critic and just getting it out. Yeah. And it's also different levels of introversion. I mean, there's people who are shy and they're introverts because people think that shyness and introversion go hand in hand, but they don't. Like, I'm an introvert. I'm not shy. And obviously, you know, you're not. Well, I don't think you are. Same. There are people who are very shy. And so to get on video, even if it is just the camera, is still very intimidating. I mean, I know introverts that wouldn't in a million years get in front of a camera. I think that that plays a part in it. Can you talk a little bit about your comedy background? Because that's what attracted me first to your post is all the hilarious videos. And because you learn sketch comedy, what Second City Five is, what is that? Is that actually a... Second City is a comedy theater. It was created in the 1950s. It is a Chicago institution. And it's where many of the world's most famous comedians and sketch players came from. So Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Chris Farley, John Belushi, Stephen Colbert, Steve Carell. There's just countless. I mean, there's so many people came from the second year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, it's a very classical approach to sketch writing. It's a lot of tried and true formulas that have not changed much since the 1950s, honestly. And yeah, I always say it is a style that is more informal and more professional than what most of B2B sales is doing. It's hyper aware. It's hyper fixated on the audience. It's a little more highbrow than other schools of thought. You know, it's really Second City teaches you to like go for that reference. You're you're satirizing pop culture. You're satirizing politics. You're satirizing your city. It's really the idea of like play to the top of your intelligence and do what's real. You know, if you have to choose between what's the real choice and what's the cliche joke that you've heard someone else, take the real choice, you know, and the real choice is what's going to be compelling. And this is where the introversion too. And this is where I was always, um, I was a very cerebral person. And this comes through my writing a lot because I understand those feelings of overthinking it, of not fitting in, of feeling self-conscious, of feeling like I, I made a huge mistake. You know, the better you can articulate those feelings, mm-hmm. you know, when your audience is like, oh, yeah, that is exactly what it feels like. That's how you feel this connection. And you said earlier, you know, introverts, maybe they're not going to get themselves out there on video. I would have many introverts are holding themselves back in their writing. They're afraid to take risks. They're afraid to explore what's real. But the best copywriting doesn't feel like copywriting. It just feels like someone is like telling you a secret. Self-expression is, you know, a lot of people do it differently. And I, I do writing. I do, you know, I direct other people. I write and direct things that I'm not in. I write for other people. I play music. I, you know, I do long form video. I do long form audio. I do short form. It's like there's a million ways to express yourself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can hold yourself back in any of them if you're not constantly learning and challenging yourself and setting goals. Well, when you talk about sketch comedy, like as a copywriter, I know there's so many different types of writing and people don't realize like the difference between content and copy, you know, content is to inform or entertain in general. And then copywriting is there's a purpose to it. You want people to take some kind of action. So what actually is sketch comedy and how does it differ and how is it the same as other types of writing? 
Yeah. So sketch comedy is just like short skits, basically. Typically you're playing characters, although sometimes the players can play themselves. And just like any form of writing, there's conventions, right? Some of the examples of scenes you'll see in sketch writing are monologues. Monologue is pretty straightforward. It's one character speaking their point of view to the audience. Uh, There's a relationship scene, you know, maybe it's a husband and wife, maybe it's two neighbors, maybe it's a mother and son, whatever it is, it's exploring their relationship. Uh, There's a tall scene. So town hall, when you're doing that live, typically that's all the players go spread out throughout the audience you know, but they're popping up and they're all asking questions to the person on stage. There's a fish out of water, you know? So you take a really crazy character and you throw them into a really normal situation and you see what happens. And then there's a flip of that. There's a center and co-centric. So you take a really normal person, throw them in a crazy situation and the audience laughs because they're reacting the way we would. There's a blackout scene, which is you get your one joke and you hit the lights. You know, that is like a 10 second scene. Those kill on TikTok. And then there, can I swear on this podcast or should I bleep myself? <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Okay, so there's a final scene called Fuck with the Audience. And I love with the audience scenes. They're a little bit more advanced, but Second City teaches you. Sometimes you pull the audience member into the scene and you have to write a scene where the audience member is a character, you know, and you don't know exactly what they're going to do, but you have to write it in a way. So it doesn't even really matter what they say. They can still kind of go through the same sort of progression. But that is something I always try to bring to my LinkedIn content, even when it's purely written, is I'm trying to make the audience another character. You know, it is not a one person scene. This is not me talking to the camera. The camera is another character, you know, and I'm treating that like it's another person. And I do that when I write too. I really try to always imagine one person and I'm like, what is the one message I want this person to understand? And how can I most easily get that across? It sounds like something that would work well in video, even if you're just doing a, a video for a LinkedIn post or something, right? I mean, if you, so if you imagine you're just talking to another person, that would help to make it more real. I remember years ago, I saw a comedian and I don't know whatever happened to him. His name was Jeremy Hotz, H-O-T-Z. And we saw him live. He was a master at working a lot with the audience. And he would just ask people questions. And I, you know, I wondered if they were plants, but I don't think so because there were so many and they were so off the wall, but he was, that's, that was his whole, his whole uh, performance was just playing off of the audience. And I thought that was. That Crowd was work. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I've doing? done a bit of that. I've done a bit of that. I have a character that has become a fan favorite called Vague Man. It's me in a cape and I just say really vague corporate things. <laughs> and like, that's the whole character. Yeah. And I got hired to do a trade show. And they're like, we want you to be completely in character the whole time. And I was like, fine. <laughs> like, sure, just sign the contract and I'll do whatever. And yeah, and this is an interesting thing too, because I do, I coach people and I do a lot of coaching on video. And yeah, people want to be able to make these fun funny videos on LinkedIn and TikTok and they don't really know how to do it. And I always say it is, it is not so much about the words. It is your attitude towards the other person. 
when I am playing Vague Man, I don't know what the other person's going to say, but I know I have to be confidently nonspecific, <laughs> you know? And the joke is I just say the most vague things, but I say them as though they were confident decisions, you uh -huh. know? And the trick is not breaking character. You have to commit to that energy. And so I would go up to people and I was just like, oh, who's your favorite LinkedIn rock star? just put the microphone in front of their face and they're just like oh i don't know and i'm like oh that's fine if you have more than one you can name your top three if that makes it easier <laughs> i just give them the microphone and it's like they don't realize the joke at the time is their look of utter bewilderment i'll be like yeah well i'm a lincoln rock star you know so who's your favorite band and be like i don't know the beatles i'm like okay i'm doing the same thing the beatles are doing right but instead of love, love me, do I add value? <laughs> I just put, and it's like it, you know, it, it it's stupid. But it's like, yeah, my whole thing is like, I'm a LinkedIn rock star. That is my character choice. I'm gonna treat it like it's a real job. And yeah, I'll just, you know, and you you watch the video if you watch any of this on there, like. You know, the bit is you just stay vague. But yeah, I find there's a lot of sarcastic detachment in, you know, even the people that are doing comedy on LinkedIn, it can be very sarcastic. Whereas I always learned at Second City, you want to embody the thing that you're parodying. Don't make fun of a caricature of somebody who's over eager. Become the most over eager version of yourself that you can become. And then the audience is going to laugh at you. You know, because if you find a way to do it honestly, the audience is going to be like, oh, I get too excited about that. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I talk about stuff to my friends too much and nobody even cares. And then they, <laughs> they laugh, recognize the vulnerability in it right. and the truth. And I'm absorbing the pain that comes with that. They, uh, they can experience those things without having to feel the consequences. And right. a lot of what I do is exploring failure and insecurities because to many people, failing is the worst thing they could imagine. Most people go through their lives just trying not to fail every day. Yeah. So when I give them the promise of watching me fail, they're like, oh, great, <laughs> you know, because right. they want to see what it's like, but they don't want it to happen to them. And again, it's these, I do these things. I do these events where I'm like cold FaceTiming people in real time, yeah. or I've learned to do these live what's going to happen kind of moments because it's like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Right. <laughs> Someone's right. going to hang up on me, you know, right. and I'm going to go about my day. But if it turns out to be really funny, I only need it to be funny for 30 seconds. Right. And that could be a really successful piece of content for my business. Yeah. Yeah. And you do, I mean, you're on a lot of different platforms. Like you talk, first of all, side note, LinkedIn and Rockstar are two words that should not really ever be in the same sentence together, in my opinion. But <laughs> besides that, the multiple platforms. So you're on TikTok, you're on LinkedIn, obviously you're on LinkedIn a lot. How do you write for all, like when you write for these different platforms, do you change what you are posting as a kind of what, how do you work that? So it makes sense for all of them. Yeah. And which uh, ones do you post on, by the way? If anybody wants to follow me, you can ring my bell. I'm on LinkedIn. I post every day. Look for Chris Bogue. You can find me on Twitter. I'm Chris Sells Soul. Uh, or uh, TikTok, my handle is Chris Sells His Soul. So yeah, I am out there pretty much every day, at least, or two or three times a day, depending on the platform. And I was always taught, 
you write from abundance, not scarcity. I, a lot of what I do is I try to get people past the problem of that blank page because the blank page is so intimidating. It's so intimidating. And like, I'm always pulling my data. The more I do stuff, the more I just have stuff in the arsenal. And particularly on LinkedIn, you know, I make a comment or two. I'm always commenting on people's stuff. And then what I do is I download my data twice a month and I get all those comments into a spreadsheet. And then I just add a column full of checkboxes and I check every single comment that could be a piece of content. I've got notebooks lying around. Sometimes I'll do something that is an idea I originally came up with 10 years ago. Like it finally, finally, I just found a reason for it. But yeah, I have found, and even like when I do my video now, what I'll I'll do is I'll have a page full of 30 different ideas on it, you know, that I'm just getting throughout the week. Anytime I get an idea, I'm like, oh, that could be a TikTok. You know, if a tweet performs well, maybe I'll turn it into a TikTok. Maybe I'll turn it into a LinkedIn post. But yeah, the idea is like, I'm not going to sit down and try to make like the most perfect video ever. I'm going to let my camera run uninterrupted for an hour. Then I'm just going to go through these different prompts and just take the camera talking about whatever. And sometimes I'll have props, sometimes I'll have costume changes, sometimes I'll have to change things. But yeah, I can go in for an hour with 20 videos all on the same piece of tape and then I can just chop them up and that'll last me for weeks. Wow. You know, That's, and it's like- in an hour? Once, I mean, it just seems like, yeah. I can't imagine, like I do, I don't know, it takes me, it all depends on, on the post. I, I have a question though about your, when you collect comments, because- you had mentioned this to me a while ago and I actually started doing it. So I started collecting my comments. How do you know when something is worthy of a full post? Like, what do you, how do you decide that? So the improv principle that I teach everyone, I, I live by is yes and. Mm-hmm. That is the goal of improv. There, it's a really kind of a make it up thing. You have to say yes to the other person's decisions. You can't deny their initiations. If somebody says, here we are on the moon, you're on the moon, okay? You can't, like, there's no time to shoot down what they're saying. Because yeah, I've had people do this exercise where they download their comments and they're like, all my comments are just me saying, congratulations, good job. I go, well, you need to yes and them, right? So what you do is you find the people who are saying things you agree with, you say, yes, great post, and then you add one idea of your own. You know, you build onto it. And in improv, they teach you that asking questions is bad, which that runs counter to what they believe in B2B because B2B people are just like, what's your biggest challenges towards revenue? And they expect you to answer it. Whereas improv, you're always giving gifts. And that's what I do in the comment set LinkedIn is like, I affirm the person's comment. I add one or two sentences to take it to the next level. And I think of it like dangling a thread off my shirt. You know, I'm waiting for someone to just pull on it. And I get really good engagement on LinkedIn because I find the people who are talking about the things I want to talk about. I make insightful comments on their posts. And this was like when I was starting my business too. It was like, I couldn't, I I didn't have a name for myself, but I wanted to be a sales trainer. So I'm like, okay, 
Who do sales traders follow? <laughs> Ross Pomerantz, they're laughing at corporate bro. They're following, you know, John Barrows and JB Sales. And, you know, it's just like, I just look for the, the people that everybody was talking to. And I just started showing up and collaborating with them in the comment section. Pretty soon they started commenting on my stuff because yeah, I, I'm always using it. It's giving them a, something to play off of. Improv is all about making the other person look good. You know, that's the thing people don't realize. Stand-up is all about you. Stand-up is a selfish thing. It's everybody sit around and look at me because I'm so interesting. In improv, you're really taught that like you, your job is to make everyone else on stage look good. You want to make them look like a genius because then you're going to like a genius. That is the rule I follow on LinkedIn. I am not a negative person. I do not use negativity to sell what I do. I find the people whose ideas I admire and whose work I think is impressive. And yeah, I just go help them explore their ideas. And, you know, improv, you're taught that conflict, people think they want to see conflict. Conflict is what happens when a scene isn't moving. You know, uh -huh. if two people are sitting here arguing, that means the scene is not progressing. Someone needs to relent before the scene can move on. And that's what I'm doing in the comment section. I'm not trying to shut people down. I'm yeah. trying to take their idea to the next step. And oftentimes, yeah, they'll play with me because it turns out LinkedIn is actually full of people that want to play with ideas. It's yeah. not like Twitter where they're just there to to mock people and put them down. People are actually interested in learning better ways to work. It's interesting too, that I speak to a lot of B2B people who like SaaS companies. And I just got this question today and they asked me, and it was a copy, like with copy, I was getting playful with some of the copy for this particular client. And she said, do you think people will take me less seriously? You know, take us less seriously if we have humor in our copy. And I said, it's got to fit with your voice, but, you know, and I could tell by what they had that it would fit, but the thing is to, you know, you have to use it in a way, and I've talked about this on, on other interviews too, you have to use it in a way that is appropriate for your audience. But B2B, I think is, has gotten, people are too afraid of kind of breaking out of that shell, but yet once you do like your humor and, you know, you write, you know, humorously and people laugh over the, I mean, they're just people. It's like, you know, who you're not talking to a building, but sometimes some of the copy sounds like this <laughs> with everything you do. Like, what do you what is it that you have that you teach? Because you you work with companies and and yeah, it's it's and in individuals. Yeah. And I'm uh, publishing my first course soon. Uh, oh, yeah. The Chris Bogue method. My guide to video prospecting is dropping soon. I got to get it filmed. But yeah, that is. That is in the, I've spent the past year consulting and training my individual coaching. That is like, I mean, I teach a hybrid of sales and marketing and content. A lot of my clients as I was starting out were solopreneurs, you know, who were just trying to get on video, trying to get a sales process down. My sales process is an alternative to cold emails and cold calls. And if you're a person who's comfortable getting on camera, I would argue it's far easier and faster to do it this way. So yeah, I've spent the past year mostly working with individuals, but now I'm also working with companies. So I call my corporate training ensemble training. And it solves the problem of people being like, we can't scale content. 
I say, yes, you can. You're not doing it efficiently enough. So I can make 20 videos in an hour. I bet you could get your team to make five. And what we do is we do a series of workshops. So it's on-camera performance, it's script writing, it's outbound strategy. And then the last day is a batching day. So we've had all week, we're working on content ideas of all kinds, educational, product-focused, people-focused, And then, yeah, at the end of the week, we do a little improv training. I've been an improv coach and instructor for a long time. I've written and directed a lot of shows that I was not in. You know, I'm a director of talent. And yeah, my training, I basically take over your sales or marketing team, and they are my ensemble for an afternoon. And if a company wants to have dozens and dozens of videos out there on TikTok and LinkedIn, straight to camera stuff is what's hot right now. So it's like, yeah, you you break off. Each member of the team tries to do at least five videos, and now you've got months worth of content ready to go. And for sales, I'm going to be dropping my course soon, but it's the Chris Bogue method. It is my guide to video, and that is camera setup, that is on-camera performance, that's list building. Mm-hmm. So I have a whole module on who should send a, who should you send your video to. And then I help you batch your first batch of footage. So um, by the end of the uh, course, you'll have 25 sales videos ready to go out to your pipeline. Some of those are for cold outreach. Some of those are follow-up. Some of those are for referrals. But I really just break it down. We build the batch together. And by the time I'm done, you've got your own batch of videos to get started with. And it's I, I do a lot of things, but at the heart of it is a lot of getting people started. People just don't know how to get started. They don't want to look stupid. They don't know how to organize the data. They don't know what to put in a thumbnail. There's all these things they haven't thought of. Right. And I'm like, well, I spent the past year and a half figuring this out because that was how I had to pay my bills. Yeah, I've learned it by doing it. The world has shifted a lot over the past couple of years. And everyone's too afraid to try this. So I am just kind of getting out there first and showing them like, yes, you can do it this way. Yes, it's more fun. Yes, it works better than cold calling and cold emailing. And water's fine. You know, come on in and give it a try. (laughs) Hey, I actually think cold FaceTiming is easier than cold calling. It's hard because I have sat in on a couple of your live streams. You do that. I I don't think I've ever caught somebody actually picking up though, but people have, right? When you've called them. Yeah. I mean, I did it on April Fool's Day and I went after people who posted pro April things who were in sales. So I'm like, if you're cold calling people and you're pro April Fool's Day prank, you're not going to get angry at me for cold FaceTiming you. But yeah, when they're looking at you and you see them and they see you, it's harder for them to be a jerk. Right. You know, they kind of have <laughs> to acknowledge your humanity. Well, what, just my last question. So do you have like either three steps or three pieces of advice for someone who wants to get better at video and they're maybe they're an introvert or they're just intimidated by the whole process. I mean, what would you tell them? Couple things. One, if somebody wants to get on TikTok, you can always create an account and not tell anybody. (laughs) I've had a lot of people do that. They just, they didn't make a big LinkedIn post about it. They didn't tell their friends and family. They just started talking to the camera And they figured it out. And then once they got into it a little bit, they got more into it, you know? So it's like, you can always just try it and not a big production out of it. Two, the second thing I would say is if you have to choose which end of the camera to look at, 
don't look at the screen side, look at the lens side, mm -hmm. right? So if you watch any of my videos, one of the most effective things about them is I have very consistent eye contact. I'm always looking straight at my audience. And that's because I'm not looking at my appearance. And when people look at themselves on their phone, their eyes make all these little nervous movements, right? Because they're, they're thinking more about how they look. Right. Yes, they're getting distracted by their own appearance. If you are looking at this side of your phone, especially if you've got it on a tripod and you know it's just situated there, you don't have to think about how you look. You don't have to worry like, oh, do I have a double chin? Is my hair sticking up? Is whatever. I don't look perfect in my videos, you know, and I have mistakes in my videos, but no one ever notices because I'm just, I'm talking straight to the audience, you know? So it's not about how you look. It's about how relevant you are to the audience. Uh, last thing is Andy Warhol said, we would all get 15 minutes of fame someday. I actually think the modern version of that is it does not matter who you are. Somewhere on the internet, 1 million people would be into what you do. You're an introvert who doesn't like talking to people. If you go talk to the camera about what it's like being an introvert who doesn't like talking to people, other introverts who don't like talking are going to listen to you and be like, mm-hmm, like button. <laughs> um, you know, if you're grumpy, like get on camera and be grumpy, you know, yeah. be like, you got to learn how to do it your way. Mm -hmm. But if it's just you telling the truth, it'll stick. That's awesome. So where can people find you? I know you're all over, but you have websites. And yeah. ChristopherBogue.com is my website. All my coaching packages are there. I do a one-off 90 minute session. I do monthly coaching or I do group training. Again, you can... Click my bell on link uh, for new updates every day. You can follow me on TikTok at Chris Sells His Soul or on Twitter at Chris Sells Soul. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Chris. I really appreciate it. You gave a lot of great advice and I think people really find a lot of benefits. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Okay, so that wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did and you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with friends and business associates who may find it of interest as well. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn or you can reach out to me through my website at thecopyworks.com and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>